As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. Robert Elder here with Dustin, and uh, we just won the game. And we'll start off, though, by telling you about our friends over at MyBookie. Look, if you just found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. You know, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. You can bet on games after kickoff. If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the type of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot try to parlay if all of your picks come through you multiply your winnings and no matter how you bet the nfl season is the best time of year join now and my bookie will double your first deposit use promo code chair to activate the offer that's promo code chair c-h-a-i-r visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and I'm with Rob, and we are victorious. We are coming off a win last night versus Pitt. It's Sunday at around 2, and we are recording, and we are going to talk about the Pitt game. We're going to talk about uh, kind of scatter shoot across the ACC a little bit as well to, you know, see how Virginia is going to do against other opponents. But, Rob, we're coming off a win. How do you feel? It's a good feeling, man. It, it was a good win, and like you said, kind of helped by the fact that a lot of other ACC teams, coastal mm-hmm. teams especially, lost too. But mm-hmm. no, it was a good win. It was a little sloppy. It was a way closer game, I think, than the score really indicated. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what you were expecting. You were expecting a dogfight, and I think we got it, but it was good to come out on top this time. It's good to know that we have the ability to come out on top against a really physical pit team and a team that was you know, well, pretty well coached in the first half and you know, we outcoached them in the second half and we outplayed them in the second half as well. So it was good to see that. And it was really good to win our first game of the season, our first ACC game. Mm-hmm. Did you have any like big takeaways after seeing that game? Like things that you didn't expect to see or maybe things that were emphasized more than what you expected? I think the thing that I noticed the most is that one, our offensive line, I think is maybe worse than we thought it was. A, a lot of times they were. Pitt was able to get into the backfield. They, it felt like they blitzed almost every single time. 
mm-hmm. and you know Bryce um, Bryce Perkins had nowhere to go a lot of the time. He only ended up with you know forty four yards rushing on I think eighteen carries or something like that. And some of those are sacks, but it mm-hmm. goes to show that you know the thing that he was best at, Pitt was able to take away, and they were kind of daring him to throw. And so we threw the ball a lot. And one thing I noticed is that we didn't run the ball nearly as much as you know we did in the past, maybe last year, which was a little bit surprising to me, considering that you know we've got one of the most dynamic runners in the ACC in Bryce Perkins, and also mm-hmm. a, a good young back in Wayne Tuilapapa, who averaged 6.6 yards a carry on 10 carries, one touchdown. Of course, that came at the end, mm-hmm. in kind of garbage time. But I, I think he ran really, really well with what he had. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, feed him the ball a little bit more. Yeah, Tyler Pablo was interesting because literally the first play of the game was a swing pass to him, which he caught and just leveled the guy. Well, I can't remember if it was a linebacker, safety, or whatever, but caught the pass, leveled the guy, got a couple yards. Felt good. And you're like, all right, like, this is Tyler Papa. And I've liked him all offseason, and I think he's going to be a good back for us. But, yeah, no, he wasn't emphasized a lot, which I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive line. I think that's a great place to kind of start off is – the offensive line because they definitely struggled in the first half and Broncos mm-hmm. said it like in his interview uh before the second half started like listen offensive line's got to be better but it was interesting how it started though because they started the same starting five that was on the depth chart last week but in a different formation so they started Swadoba at left tackle Nelson at guard Oluwatimi at center Glazer at right guard and Rankinsmeyer uh, at right tackle so it was weird that's not the lineup same players but that's not the lineup that they said they were going to roll out and then as the game went on they started playing with more and more kind of experiments and Swadova basically moved back to right tackle and we saw Bobby Haskins play left tackle and at you know Dylan Rankinsmeyer who's arguably the best offensive lineman you know really didn't play much if at all in the second half so it was strange to see Rankinsmeyer kind of like get booted from the lineup. And I don't know if it was injuries. I don't really know what was happening. But, you know, even without that, the fact that they came out and they played a different lineup than the, what they were talking about just a week ago at Broncos press conference, it was interesting. And I think that played a lot into why the running game wasn't emphasized as much. But it's definitely an area that, you know, from personnel and confidence, they're going to have to get straightened out. Yeah, and I I didn't like how, you know, Bryce Perkins had 18 rushes and mm-hmm. Tula Papa only had 10. And so I think that I cuz you know, Bryce Perkins got leveled a lot last night. His jersey was green, his pants were green very early he, in the game. Very early like in the second half and the commentators were like, "Oh, he looks like he's been playing 3 games. <laughs> hasn't washed his jersey." And it just felt like he was getting hit a lot way more than he should have mm-hmm. for a quarterback that mobile. I, he just didn't have any time in the pocket, and so I'm wondering. But if if maybe we couldn't have gotten some some speed on the outside and some some swings or some pitches, mm-hmm. I just felt like maybe we could have done a little bit more to use our speed against Pitt instead of trying to outmuscle them up front, which we definitely I think lost on our offensive side. Yeah, at least in the first half. Second half yeah. was maybe more of a push, but. Yeah, and a lot of the speed thing goes back to what we found out after the game is Tavares Kelly and Billy Kemp didn't make the trip because of um, conduct issues. And then, excuse me, Dijon Brissett, he didn't play. Although, I think he made the trip. I'm not entirely sure, but he didn't play. Broncos said he's expecting all three of those guys back next week. But, 
Yeah, you know, this offense is still something that just in general, I think they're still figuring it out. And I think that's kind of what we expected without Alameda, without Jordan Ellis and some mix up on the offensive line. You know, R.J. Proctor played a lot last season and obviously we lost Mm -hmm. Feeler and Applefield, but R.J. Proctor and Chris Glazer played about the same amount of snaps last year. So in my head, I almost consider R.J. Proctor a starter. So you're really losing three guys from that offensive line. You know, you lose your bell cow back from the past two years. You know, this offense is still just kind of up in the air, still in flux a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, talking about Bryce, you know, he took more hits than we would have liked. He took that big hit, too, before um, that touchdown pass to Mm -hmm. Dubois. I mean, he got leveled. But, you know, he's still, he kept him in the game, you know, early. And, you know, you wanted some of those early drives in and touchdowns. But thankfully, Delaney hit those field goals. And he he played a... you know, not a flashy game by any stretch, but he made plays when he needed to, and he was efficient. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. And he's tough. I mean, he got hit a lot, kept getting up, never really got up that slowly. And I know it's at the start of the new season, and, you know, by the end of last season, against, especially against Tech, you know, he was getting up slow. It seemed like he was hurt every play. Yeah, because um, he was. <laughs> he was, and so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe next week against William & Mary, we can run the ball a little bit more, get defenders off of Bryce Perkins and just get him ready keep him healthy for the rest of the season because we we need him for the rest of the season Mm -hmm. yeah because otherwise Brennan Armstrong would be quarterback and you know we'd have to pull our gunner off a special teams probably because Brennan Armstrong (laughs) did play on the punt team which was weird he's good he's good at that job Uh, yeah (laughs) but I guess kind of transitioning over to the defense the defense was uh I would say more the story of the game because with the exception of kind of the latter part of the second quarter when Pitt went up tempo, mm-hmm. uh, they were outstanding. Yeah. I mean, they shut down Pitt in the first, third, and fourth quarters. And, you know, the b- coaching staff made great adjustments to put the defense in position to, you know, really kind of turn the tide in the second half. But, you know, two interceptions, four sacks. Like, what was your takeaway of the defense here, Dustin? I mean, I, just the way they came out and started was really impressive. They went, uh, Pitt went three and out on their first drive they had zero yards they only had three yards the next drive as well uh, also three and now the drive after that their third drive they had five plays for 19 yards only lasted about two minutes and you know virginia was able to score 10 points within that time on offense now in the second quarter pitt decided to step up the tempo and our defense was kind of reeling a little bit and i was scared that pitt was gonna keep that going for the rest of the game but they ended up not doing that and so our defense was able to get pressure uh, we brought the blitz a little bit in the second half, which was nice. We got some pressure on Pickett, and uh, we picked him off two times. So it was really impressive. I thought Joey Blunt uh, stepped up after losing Juan Thornhill last year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions about where a lot of the production would come from on the defense, and Joey Blunt's here to stay. And you know, he he came and he made a big impact. I was really impressed with his toughness and his ability to play bigger than he is because you know he's he's a small guy but he's a hard-hitting safety he's not quite a headhunter but he leveled Pickett uh once it was not a sack but he leveled him once and he had two sacks as well as the interception so Joey Blunt had a wonderful game and uh, it looks like he's much improved from last season yeah, which, I mean, like, just keep the line of safeties coming. You yeah. know, it's Quinn Blanding to Juan Thornhill to Joey Blunt. And speaking of safeties, I thought it was a really interesting thing, and I tweeted this out too. So basically with the Darius Braden injury, 
you knew kind of Nick Grant was going to play on the outside, but it kind of solidified because there's not a ton of corner depth right now with other guys injured too, like Jermaine Crowell. Mm -hmm. So you knew Brendan Nelson was going to slide down to the slot again like he did last year. So who was going to be the other safety with um, with Joey Blunt? I thought it'd be Chris Moore, but Chris Moore didn't play. Mm -hmm. You know, it was Devontae Cross the entire game. And Devontae Cross looks bigger, he looks stronger, he looks faster. You know, for a guy that had, what, three consecutive off-seasons at different positions, yeah. quarterback, wide receiver, and then safety, he played really well. So good. I thought that was an interesting lineup adjustment, one that I was not expecting. It's good to see him settle down a little bit. Yeah, and I think, you know, he could be, I mean, if, if he's the third safety yeah. over Chris Moore, he's going to be playing a lot. Yeah. Because that's what Joey Blunt was to an extent last year. Yeah, that's true. So, but anyway, yeah, you, you look at the defense and... It was night and day versus last year. Mm -hmm. You know, they had the depth up front. They didn't play all the guys. I think they played five guys. And, you know, at times they went to the four two five or the 2-4-5 nickel. But they they played well. And one interesting thing is I'm pretty sure last season there was not a game where Pittsburgh passed the ball more than they ran the ball. And this game, Kenny Pickett passed 41 times and they ran the ball 30 times. That's not what Pitt, Pitt you know, they'll talk about Mark Whipple and wanting to change the game a little bit, how they're attacking um, teams. But they're still a run-first team. And the fact that Virginia really threw them off of that, especially in the second half, played a huge part in all the sacks and played a huge part in the interception. I think it goes to show kind of how much Pitt lost from last season. You know, they lost four out of five starting offensive linemen. They lost two 1,000-yard rushers last season as well. So they're coming in with a really brand-new offense. And, of course, they have a new offensive coordinator, which is a huge deal. And they, they showed... Uh, Whipple more than their uh, head coach yeah, last night, which was, was really weird. <laughs> so, you know, they've got this new offense coming in. And on top of that, you know, Pickett is not like a great quarterback. Rob and I were talk discussing this last night while watching the game. He's not great. Like, he'll get the job done sometimes. But, you know, he threw two picks, one, at, one touchdown. Some not great throws in there as well. So it's surprising that they're relying on him so much when he's probably not the answer at quarterback for Pitt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you look at his stat line, you know, you know, 21 for 41, basically 50% completion percentage, 185 yards, well, 59, basically a third of his passing yards came on one play, right. which was a blown assignment. Um, Bryce Hall. Yeah, from, yeah, and we'll talk about Bryce Hall. Bryce yeah, Hall had good moments, but he also blew two coverages. We'll talk about him later. Um but then, you know, he left, you know, that severely underthrown ball again when Bryce Hall blew the coverage mm -hmm. and, you know, just was severely underthrown. The receiver yeah. still should have caught it probably, but, yeah. you know, he didn't, he had his moments, but generally speaking, the defense was coming at him from all angles. And that's same theme as last year. You know, there's not that many pass rushers that can win one-on-one -on, -one on their own. Virginia's not going to bring four guys and get pressure, mm -hmm. but the defense uh, and especially the, the coaching staff just drew up really exotic blitzes i mean they're bringing corners safeties Devonte cross joey blunt bryce hall bryce hall had a sack mm -hmm. you know they're bringing guys from everywhere and even when jordan mack went out they were bringing rob snyder zane zandier like you never knew who was coming after him and it really threw Pickett off and expect that the rest of the season because that's yeah. going to be the game plan i think one thing that impressed me about Pickett that i didn't know he could do was run the ball and he was he was good at scrambling you know there's that one scramble down in the red zone where i, I think there was a blatant hold on on one of the Virginia de defensive linemen. But besides that, there, there was the one in the third quarter where he basically took on three UVA defenders and got the first down mm -hmm. just by keeping his feet chugging. Uh, that was impressive. And that, that that's kind of old-school pit, hard-nosed football. 
Um, that was impressive. But besides that, he was uh, less than impressive on the passing end. So interesting that we'll see how much Pitt, you know, relies on the rush game versus the passing game moving forward, I think. Yeah. And I mean, heck, he was there technically, you know, you got to remember Saxon here too, but he was technically their leading rusher in right. terms of attempts. 12 attempts, no other back, and more than eight for them. So yeah, there was a lot that happened last night. And it was yeah. like, it was slow and kind of sloppy. But my biggest takeaway is Virginia knew they were going to have to go out and win kind of sloppy and ugly. And, you know, the offensive line really rebounded and the defensive line had some weak moments, but also some strong moments, and they're going to get better. I mean, so many of those guys haven't played in so long. You know, even Richard Burney played so much last night. Barely played last season. Yeah. He had his illness. Um, Juwan Briggs played a little bit. You know, Aaron Fomui played well, Alonzo. So, you know, there's just so many things happening here. I I was I was impressed. Let's, uh, let's talk about Bryce Hall since we mentioned him, but didn't really you know, talk about him a lot. So what what did we see from Bryce Hall last night? First team All-American preseason. Uh, what, what did he do for you, Rob, or not do? Bryce was good last night. Like, let's, let's not pretend he's not good. You know, right. they didn't throw his way very often. He made plays. He came on several blitzes. He got a sack. Mm-hmm. I think he had a tackle for loss, too. He, he had one pass breakup, which was a, a blown coverage by him. But he, he did recover well and break up the pass yeah so Bryce Hall he did kind of have these two blown coverages though so he had the Mm -hmm. one that was the 59 yard pass then he had the one which was technically the pass breakup but I don't I mean Bryce Hall is still going to be an excellent player he's gonna Mm -hmm. be very good and teams are not going to throw his way very often I think what we're seeing here is a lot of new faces in the secondary and kind of the effects of that and the lack of communication at times Mm -hmm. that's going on there because you know you have Nick Grant who's playing one opposite side corner who barely played at all last year you know the plan really wasn't to play him that much until Darius Braddon went out and then at safety obviously you lose Juan Thornhill and in this place you're bringing in Devontae Cross and Cross you know played safety for the second half of the season last year but it's not like he was on the field much either with the exception of against Liberty so yeah Bryce kind of missed two coverages but the strength of Bryce is not only is he long and athletic but he's also just like such a good student in the game. Mm-hmm. Like he's the guy that they all talk about is in there, you know, in the mornings, at night, when no one else is there. Bryce Hall is there studying film. So I think there were some blown assignments. It's not like he was necessarily beat. He just wasn't where he was supposed yeah, to he be. Just, he just kind of there missed was miscommunication. Out, yeah. So I think that'll get corrected. Um so not I would say, you know, not the level of game from Bryce Hall we've come to expect, but at the same time I think it's pretty easily correctable especially with the game against William and Mary coming up I think the secondary will be much better against uh against Florida State in two weeks than what we saw today do you think the secondary is still the best unit on the team even with Darius Bratton going out I don't know I don't know I would say them are linebackers yeah and you know with linebackers we'll have to see Jordan Mack is out now yeah we'll have to see what's going on with Jordan Mack but you saw the depth that came in you know Mm -hmm. Rob Snyder came in and they're high 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 on uh, Nick Jackson, who played mm-hmm. last night on special teams. So, you know, there's depth there, but I don't know. I mean, you think about the linebackers, too. So it's not only do you have the inside guys, you just group the outside guys with yeah. them. You know, Charles Snowden is obviously a terrific player, made some great plays, especially early yesterday. Yeah. Both, uh, But kind of quiet in the second half. Yeah, and I think that was kind of by design a little bit. They were just bringing mm-hmm. so many exotic blitzes, yeah. you know, and he made plays in coverage, yeah, too. He, he was making tackles, Charles Snowden. And then you have... Noah Taylor, who showed flashes, and Matt Gam, who showed flashes. So, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know. That's a toss-up. I would say before the Braden injury, secondary was the strongest unit on the team. Now now I'd call it a push between them and linebackers. Interesting. What do you think? I, I, I think it's still secondary. And I think the secondary, you know, even the defense was saying this is like, you know, we they stopped the run last night, but the secondary is still the strength of this team. Like, they're going to push all their guys up front to stop the run and trust their secondary to make plays. And I, I agree. I think that they're going to be doing this for the rest of the season. And I'm excited to see the secondary grow. I, I'm sure their communication is going to get better. You know, it's the first week of the season. They haven't had a real game, you know, situation as a unit yet. And so it's a great time to, you know, hash things out, make sure everyone's where they need to be, and also learn how to talk to each other so that they know what's going on. You know, Bryce Hall's not going to um, give up that 59-yard pass if he's in the correct spot. Uh, but you know Joey Blunt was there to chase the guy down anyway, and Bryce Hall once again missed a coverage on what could have been a touchdown. It was underthrown. He was able to break up the pass. But if once they understand how they work with each other, it's going to get a lot better. Yeah, no, I totally think so. And I think just the defense in general, well, too. Like you know, you saw they were like a little behind at times, especially in the second quarter. But you saw the way they picked up. You know. There's a lot of new faces on the defense. For only losing three starters mm-hmm. and four, and if you include the Braden injury, there's a lot of new faces out there, You know, especially on the defensive line, new rotation, new secondary rotation. So they'll pick it up. And you know, when's the last time these guys played a conference game to start the season? I right. don't know. We're normally starting against William and Mary or Richmond where yeah. these things are kind of hidden a little bit better. So I think they'll be fine, and I mean, overall, it was a very impressive outing, and I mean, you take this 10 times out of 10, what right. we saw last night. So we we just talked about the defense. Is there anything else you want to say about the defense, or, or should we move on to the offense? Yeah, I mean, we can. anything you want to add on to the offense? Uh, well, just about the offense, I, I think that someone that stood out to me was Joe Reed, and you know, he's been someone that, that hasn't you know, been playing up to his potential probably over the last couple of years. But as a senior, as a fifth-year senior, I think last night was a really good night for him. Uh, just in the first half, he had three penalties called on his defenders for pass interference. And I think that shows a lot about how much he's worked on maybe his route running, um, his quickness, his speed. And he had seven catches, which was, which was a career high last night. So I was really impressed with Joe Reed, and I'm excited to see how he keeps on progressing throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a great point because they kept talking about, they being the coaching staff, like, how do you replace Alamane Zacchaeus? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just kept saying, you know, Joe Reed's going to take a lot of that. And, you know, different player than Alamade was. And, you know, you kind of think, like, how is this going to happen? But they're going to feed him the ball, and there's going to be this volume approach. And I think if last night was any indication, the games where Joe Reed would kind of disappear last year, I don't think that's going to be the case because I think they're making an emphasis to get Joe Reed the ball, whether it be on swing passes or short little passes. They put him in the backfield a lot like they did last year. You know, there's going to be an emphasis on getting Joe Reed the ball. So I don't think one of my concerns going into this year was the wide receiving group. You know, if Joe Reed was going to disappear again, then like, who do we have? Yeah. But as he showed up, he had a touchdown. Uh, Jana had some good underneath. He had some good catches. Uh, Chapman had his long 33 catch. And Joe Reed had that amazing, incredible toe touch uh, catch. And if they're going to make a point to get Joe Reed the ball like they did last night, then he's not going to disappear. And listen, his stat line wasn't crazy. He had seven catches for 34 yards, but there was a point to get him the ball. So Mm -hmm. I would say I'm less concerned. I'm still not considering wide receiving 
the wide receiving group a strength of this offense but i would say i'm less concerned now after seeing this initial game than i was a couple weeks ago just looking at it on i agree I, i feel like they're you know you were much more concerned about the wide receivers and i was more concerned about the running backs and i think that you know some both of some of our fears have been alleviated from this game just based on like what we saw and who we have and what what we are doing going mm-hmm. forward i think i think we we kind of touched on the offense earlier but offensive lines got to step up running backs i'd like to see more out of them and wide receiving group um i need some of those young guys to step up too they didn't play last night because you know they were suspended for a game mm-hmm. but um excited to see what they can do versus william mary and then uh also against florida state coming up yeah and dude i'd love to see just like a long kind of dynamic type play against William and Mary. Yeah. Like, you know, we were steady kind of like we were last year, this game uh, against Pittsburgh, you know, get those guys out in space. Like let's create some dynamic plays against William and Mary, a team that you should be able to do that against. Mm-hmm. I'd be really excited to see that. And, you know, a Kemp or Kelly is a type of guy that could potentially do that. So yeah. that add a new dimension to the offense that we didn't see last night. Yeah. Um, do we want to touch on special teams real quick, which I thought was a really impressive unit. Last yeah night. yeah no Dustin kept bringing this up we were planning for like what we want to talk about during the podcast I'm like all right let's go and he's like wait special teams we gotta talk so about special teams <laughs> I I was really impressed with with all the special teams and especially uh, I'm gonna bring up our punting unit Nash Griffin did a really good job had three punts inside the 20 only one touchback you know um but it was close to not being a touchback it, it just kind of bounced into the end zone uh, averaged about 45.5 yards a punt. So if he, it seems like we got a kicker. I'm also going to say that our field goal unit is looking pretty good. I, I would say much better than last year. Brian Delaney seems to have kind of secured his job. Uh, missed a 40-yard field goal, but made three others from 45, 39, and 36. Still preferring that left hash to the right hash. So, so uh, we'll so s- weird. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but he made one from the right hash tonight uh, or last night, so uh, it's good to see him do that. And uh, kickoffs, as usual, he had uh, mostly all touchbacks. So mm-hmm. And the 45-yarder was big, too, because mm-hmm. it still had plenty of room. That thing would have been good from 50-plus, Yeah, and that gave us the lead. You know, we had yeah. a kind of shaky drive to start the second half where we were kind of scrambling a lot, and Bryce hit a nice pass to draw Jano one third down, then he scrambled and got the next third down. So it kind of the drive stalled and a 45 yard field goal you know that's pretty good from Delaney you know Mm -hmm. if Delaney's going to be hitting those feel a lot better he did miss one later in the game kind of when the game was kind of already decided but hey man three for four he hit the kicks that counted hopefully it only goes out from here and not to mention the uh, blocked punt to set up our first touchdown and also the uh, kickoff and punt uh, coverage teams did a good job of not letting uh, a really dynamic Maurice for French uh, <laughs> take it anywhere really. He had a one kickoff for twenty six yards, but it didn't go much farther than that. Yeah, and that it, was the, that was the first kickoff of the game too. Yeah, no punt returns. Yeah, one yeah. return for zero yards. Yeah, so I think they did a really good job on special teams. Yeah, I was impressed by the unit. I think, I think across the board, like we said, I think this was a, a solid. It outing. was a solid game. And something that Rob and I were saying earlier is like we were talking before recording and I was saying, you know, there's not really one, there's a couple plays that were really good, but like Joe Reed's catch and, um, but other than that, the, the block punt, but other than that, there weren't really many flashy plays. It seemed more steady. It seemed more consistent. Bryce Perkins had a really nice, you know, 27 yard run, 27, right? 
Yeah, 27 yeah. yard run. But other than that, I don't. There wasn't really many plays that I was like, "Wow, like this team's really athletic," or that that play was awesome. It was like, okay, we're like driving the ball really consistency consistently yeah. this game. And that kind of plays to two things. And one Bronco kind of pointed out after the game is he was like, "Yeah, like you know, the biggest difference, like what we saw here versus where the team was a couple years ago, is like there's no wild swings of like emotions or plays or anything. Like yeah. it's just kind of steady, like." Things just kind of happen. There's no coaches crying on the side. <laughs> well, there might be there this might. coming Friday, <laughs> right. but um, right. it's neither here nor there. But, and you know, that kind of played to how the team was last year. You know, last year the team wasn't very explosive, but they were very efficient on third down and where kind of the efficiency failed and kind of where we lost a couple games, especially down the stretch, was the red zone. They yeah. just weren't as efficient in the red zone. But, you know, I've I've really started reading a lot of uh, David Hale's stuff, and he's on at ESPN. He also kind of has a blog on the side that he does. And one thing that he was doing this season when he was previewing the ACC is one thing he pointed out is just Virginia had very little explosive plays last year. I mean, you take out those long catch and runs from Alamane Zacchaeus against Ohio. Yeah. For, I can't think of another, like, big, huge chunk play UVA had last year. Um, besides, I guess, a couple of Joe there's Reed a, catches. There's a couple but, Perkins runs that I think stand out against Louisville. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's going to be somewhat similar this year. You know, Virginia isn't going to have these dynamic, explosive plays. And I think Talapapa has more potential for that than maybe Jordan Ellis did mm-hmm. at running back. I think we'll still see kind of some long runs from Perkins here or there. Joe Reed should be able to make some things happen after the catch. Maybe Tavares Kelly too, but I'm, I think it's going to be largely the same as what we had last year. You know, it's going to be steady Eddie, like consistent offense, and hopefully that gets the job done. I'm excited to see how Bryce Perkins's arm progresses over the as, as he and his wide receivers get on more of a on the same page. There's a couple times last night where you know he threw to and there's no there's two plays in a row where he threw to no one, and I I thought the second one maybe. They were going to throw a flag for grounding, but he just, or someone misread the play, or um, there was miscommunication between Bryce and his receivers. Uh, I'm excited because his arm looked stronger last night. It looked like he had more zip on the ball. Yeah. I think it was in the first drive or maybe the second drive where he zipped a pass in between three pit defenders. Yeah, to Cali. To, yeah. yeah. And it was a really impressive pass. Uh, last year, he would not have been able to make that. Probably wouldn't have been picked because uh, he still. Um, has some of those passes that he just kind of lofts up there mm-hmm. with a nice arc on it. But um, a couple of those passes were really, you know, daggers. And yeah. That was exciting to see. Yeah. No, I mean, I think he's going to be better last year. I think last year he was still held back a little bit by his pinky too, especially later in the year when he's yeah. getting more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I noticed in the spring game. And listen, it's still not an elite arm. There's still going to be like an emphasis on timing routes and all that. But his legs really open that up, you know, mm. being able to keep guys close into the box, respecting his legs. And as the offensive line gets better, hopefully Talapapa's legs too. It'll work. It'll work. It's not elite, but it's plenty good enough for this offense. Yeah, I agree. So I guess at this point, at this point, we would normally kind of like look ahead um, to the next game, but we're going to beat William and Mary. I'm pretty <laughs> confident in that. Hold on. <laughs> we can't say these things. Remember? <laughs> No, I agree. We're going to beat William & Mary. And then um, looking ahead, I think instead of looking ahead to Florida State, I think something Rob and I are going to do is we're going to kind of look back on our preseason predictions, and we're going to see based on like what the rest of the ACC did and what our, our opponents did uh, this past week, how we're going to do for the rest of the season. So uh, we can go through and we can say, like, you know, 
how one team did and how versus how we did and see how it comes out. And so I think the first one, kind of the main one, is Florida State. And I was watching the Florida State game early on, and I turned it off because I was like, <laughs> oh, this is over. Like, Florida State looks good. Uh, our games could be great. And then I saw it on the ticker beneath, and I was like, hold on. That looks like Boise's winning now. <laughs> Boise came back from 18 down in the second half to win. And, uh, yeah, the Florida State did not look good in the second half. Yeah, no, I'm proud to say I watched pretty much that entire game. Okay. And <laughs> I didn't turn it off. But, no, it was wild because, you know, Boise started true freshman quarterback. Florida State looked good. I mean, they were slinging the ball. Cam Akers looked good. Blackman looked good. I mean, Blackman throws a nice deep ball. I mean, you can tell the talent on that team. I mean, they were crushing them. And then... The second half, you know, the Boise quarterback finally starts to get his rhythm, and all of a sudden it turns into a different game. And, you know, it was weird because, like, at the beginning, I was like, oh, man, 9-3. and three. That's what I predicted. Like, if we're playing that Florida State team, which yeah. I thought was a win. I don't know. But they kind of, like, crumbled and kind of looked like the team from last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the type of game week one that can – I mean, that can define a season if the locker room and the coaching leadership isn't strong enough. Right. You know, I mean, to see him crash like that – you know, I mean, it's it's just not a good look for a guy, Willie Taggart, who did not have an impressive season one at a school that is expecting an impressive season two. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, Florida State's one of those teams that they have so much talent and just the name on their jersey is going to get you good recruits there. It doesn't matter who the coach is. With that, you need good coaching, you need good leadership, and you need good players to to work together and it doesn't seem like they're quite at that level yet so we'll see if they can get there in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. and they were and we'll see what happens with louisville when they play but they were the only atlantic team that lost yesterday the other five atlantic teams that play won their games mm-hmm. well you look at the coastal yeah. virginia and north carolina won but every other coastal team lost their season opener yeah and there were some tough ones in there too you know duke played alabama they got crushed they hung in there for a little bit, uh, held Alabama scoreless in the first quarter, but you know Alabama was missing their top running back and some of their good defenders as well. Um, Duke went triple option for a little bit, which was fun, <laughs> and kind of threw Alabama off. They went for it on fourth down, couldn't get it, and uh, Alabama, of course, pulled away in the second half, ended up winning 42-3. to uh, Duke looked all right. They didn't look it's hard to tell against a team like Alabama yeah. where they're just, the talent is so you know much different. So I, I can't say anything from that game. One one game I did watch a lot of was North Carolina South Carolina, and um, I think that this game kind of tells a lot about this North Carolina team. What do you think, Rob? I kind of disagree. Okay. I don't. I think this was kind of like. Uh, a little flash we'll see and there's not gonna be much else to it mm-hmm. i you know listen how the freshman quarterback for north carolina he's i think he's gonna be a good player you know there's a reason he was recruited as highly and by as many teams as he was but i i just don't see north carolina being that good this year i think mac brown you know he still saw some coaching things you're like what what was that like when they took the knee on yeah. fourth down yeah um you know i'm i'm not i think nor or sorry i think south carolina is a pretty average team this season they lost a lot of guys from a year ago we saw jake bentley can't struggle when mm-hmm. uh blitzes are thrown his way I, i'm not convinced this is like a season defining win for north carolina yeah. i'm still very much in wait and see mode and still kind of trending they're not going to be that good yeah. then this is like 
oh, look, in North Carolina, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. So uh, And, of course, on Thursday, Georgia Tech um, lost pretty good to Clemson. Uh, Clemson looked great. Georgia Tech to look, you know, as a team that is moving from the triple option to to not triple option. They, I think they even played some triple option that night. Did they really? It seemed I didn't like, see it. I, it looked I'm still, like it. I still don't have ACC Network, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked like it. You know, their quarterback was running a lot, so it was it was tough to tell. You know how George, it looks like Georgia Tech's gonna do really badly this season, uh, just in the sense that they don't have the right players for the system that they want to run, and I think that their coach knows that. I think their fan base knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another fun game that I watched was Wake Forest Utah State. Uh, Wake Forest pulled that out in a really good game, back and forth game, thirty eight thirty five. We don't play Wake this season, so that doesn't really matter. I think the I think the game that we all really like is the Tech Boston College game, and uh, Tech ends up losing that twenty eight to thirty five. Yeah, and I mean for Tech, they move the ball. I mean mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, they've got a good receiving core. Ryan Willis can swing it, but he's really he's the gunslinger. He's and gunslinger. he had two interceptions, scared both money, of which were scared money don't make money. <laughs> his two interceptions really hurt the team. You know they were. One was in the end zone. One was just outside the end zone. Uh, I think had, they called it a touchback anyway. He had three interceptions, I think. Did he really? Yeah. I, I remember two specifically. Two, two in the end zone and one not in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, I know they had five total turnovers. And I mean, this is a Virginia Tech team that with a weak schedule and with the talent they have on that team, they should be competing. And Boston College, A.J. Dillon, you know, they're a strong team. I think we're still going to kind of have to feel out Virginia Tech. But, you know, not that Boston College is a coastal team. They're in Atlantic. But... It did help Virginia out that, you know, they they did not win that game. So Virginia right. currently has a one-game lead on both them and Miami in the Coastal. And Pitt. And Pitt. <laughs> so uh, the only team we don't have a one-game lead on is North Carolina in the yeah. Coastal. So um, we'll, we'll see kind of how Tech puts it together. I still think there's a lot of potential there, but the whole locker room issue, you know, can this potential be tapped? I don't know. And, and you know, of course, know, of course, by the end of the season, they're going to have everything figured out. It's going to yeah. be a great defense. <laughs> Their wide receivers are going to be pulling down everything. Ryan Willis is going to be amazing. So it's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to a good game in Charlottesville this season. And hopefully we can pull it out. Maybe not. We'll see. I hope so. <laughs> Two more of our opponents, uh, Louisville and Notre Dame, play on Monday at 8. So we'll learn more about both of those teams when we get there. But for now, um, I think that's pretty much everyone that we really care about. Liberty got crushed by Syracuse. Um, that's another team, twenty-four to zero. Uh, Hugh Freeze was coaching from the from the press box in a um, gurney because he's got a nasty staff infection. So I feel bad for him, but kind of a scumbag. So I don't. It's it's, it's tough to feel bad for someone who like sucks, you know. And uh, yeah, that's about it. ODU, I think, lost as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I don't I'm know. Guessing. I know William and Mary won. Okay. So, you know, Mike London and that team are going to be riding high. Who'd they beat? Uh, I forget. It was another FCS team. Okay. I, I read in a preview this morning. Oh, nice. Okay. But, yeah, no, I mean, does does anything you saw week one make you kind of change your expectation? Not necessarily game-by-game predictions, but just kind of your expectation for the way Virginia will fare this season? I think I'm actually more confident in my 9-3-10-2 and prediction. Um, I think that we're really solid. Uh, we didn't make a lot of mistakes, you know, had a couple penalties. One was a really ticky-tack defensive pass interference, but mm-hmm. um, no turnovers, which is amazing for, a, you know, a Virginia team who <laughs> used to turn over all the time, had some really good plays. I'm excited for this team, and, you know, it feels good to start off. You know, Bronco usually wins his first ACC game of the year, um, so it feels good to continue that trend 
and it feels good to beat Pitt, who we haven't beaten in you know three years. Never won in Pittsburgh before in the history of forever. Mm-hmm. So all these things, you know, it just it, it feels like the standard is here, and we're witnessing it, and we're witnessing a really good football team, you know, come together. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. You know, I was Florida State threw me off a little bit. I was yeah. like, whoa, like what's going on here? This might be a legit Florida State yeah, team. Yeah, but it returned to normal really quick. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, their ceiling's still high, but I, I don't know. Nothing I saw there made me change the way I was thinking about that game. Miami, Miami's going to be a lot better than they were in week zero mm-hmm. as the season goes on. But really sloppy game Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing really changed there. There wasn't a game or an outcome where I was, you know, aside from the first half of Florida State, which regressed back to what we were expecting in the second half. You know, nothing changed as far as my outlook for the season goes, either from the Virginia side on how they played and how they controlled the things they can control or the conference side. I I feel like Duke is going to be better than what they showed. I think that they're going to pull out some games and make some games closer, especially in the ACC play when they're not playing, you know, one of the best football teams to ever be assembled in Alabama. So I think Duke's going to be better. I think seeing... UNC do really well against an SEC team in the first game. Uh, new coach, you know, <laughs> for anyone who saw Mac Brown dancing in the locker room, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that was embarrassing. But, you know, I think UNC is going to – I disagree with you. I think they're going to do um, better than people think this year with a coach and, you know, excitement and everything that goes along with it. So I'm looking forward to this year. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's great, man. Just waking up Saturday morning and watching game day and waking up this morning watching college football final. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can get used to this, man. I yeah. can get used to this. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about with our team, how the coaching staff responded after the first half? I think they did well, man. Yeah. I mean, this is what I've kind of come to expect is that this team is winning with culture and coaching talent as much as it is with players right now. That's one thing that Bronco and Tony do really well is they – go into halftime and they come out better and there's a lot of times there's a lot of teams i know that don't come out better from halftime both uva football and uva men's basketball come out better after halftime and i I think you could really see it you know uh pitt went into halftime just scored a touchdown all all the momentum was theirs and we came out got a field goal made really good stops didn't let them score the rest of the game so i thought it was amazing yeah, it was a good win, it man. It felt good. Hopefully felt, we'll get like 2-0 and, oh and we'll look forward to it that. It feels uh, right. It feels good. It feels, <laughs> feels good. just. It just does <laughs> feel just. After all this time, you know, we're finally like a good football team. I hope, man. I don't I, hope. I don't need I don't need to be like a 15-0 and 0 kind of team. I, I like, I'm okay with 10-2. and 2. Give me a... a 10-2 and 2 is a huge step up. Give me <laughs> that, a, that would be huge. Give me an ACC championship eventually, but like consistently a really solid football team i'll take it expect hopefully we'll get to the point where those expectations change yeah you know they did with basketball the standard but uh yeah the standard thank god they won and they didn't have to explain how the standard and the the new new standard standard are different the old standard (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm ready for this season yeah all right with that you want to give some yells i do want to give some yells yeah so let's start with the uh new nfl players two of our three captains from last year went undrafted and are now on nfl teams that being chris peace on the chargers and alameda zacchaeus on the Falcons. so good for them chris peace i think he finished with two sacks in the preseason he really became kind of a fan favorite over there he did really well and 
Zacchaeus, you know, the only Atlanta Falcons preseason action I watched was Alameda Zacchaeus. Redskins scooped up a fumble. They were walking into the end zone, and Zacchaeus comes back, knocks the ball out of the hands, touchback, no Redskins touchdown. So uh, I saw a little bit of Alameda Zacchaeus this preseason. He had a really good, he had a really good catch through from uh, in one of their games. Yeah. Just kind of a right from on Benford, the sideline. actually, yeah. I think, before he went on IR. Yeah, so, right on the sideline. Good for those guys making NFL rosters. Um, good for the program, man. I'm going to shout out uh, college football in general and just how it's good to have it back. You know, a really good game between Auburn and Oregon to set the year off in uh, Jerry's world last night. So that was fun to watch. Bless you all who stayed up to watch it with me. And bless those who stayed up to watch USC Fresno State close out the night. That was a game I did not keep on. But, you know, good to have college football back. I'm ready for the season, man. Not keeping Pac-12 on? No, I I, I don't watch Pac-12 stuff. And with that... With that, thank you so much for listening. This is the Guys and Ties podcast. Uh, we appreciate everyone sticking around with us through this football season. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and iTunes at Guys and Ties Pod. Go ahead and give us a like on Instagram and Snapchat as well. If you like us, give us a rating on iTunes. We love that a lot. And check out um, Armchair Media. They've got a lot of really great sports podcasts out there. Uh, find one that you uh, like. They've got all the NFL, NBA team. So give that a look. And we will see you guys next week. Go Go Hoos. Beat the tribe.